Well, good evening. I'm your host, Kimberly Ewing, on tonight's The Sages Among Us. And with me tonight is a a friend of mine, Mr. Greg Cameron. Um, Good evening and welcome. How are you doing, Greg? Pretty good. Oh, Thank good. you. Good. Um, we we talk about the sages among us, and everywhere I go as a community member, I see Greg. So I thought this would be a great time to celebrate him and his civic engagement and his community work. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Greg. He's actually got quite a history. Obviously, a lot in, in music. He's been a touring and recording drummer. Since the mid-80s, as a member of the SST Records, which was Black Flag's record label, uh, recording artists SWA and October Faction. It's actually SWA. Ah, SWA. Because it's capitalized all the way across, people think it's SWA. Yes, but I like SWA even better. There we go. Um, He's also been a recording and live sound engineer for over 30 years. He also is a provider, consultant, and technician for feature film and television editing systems starting actually in the early 90s when editing changed from cutting film and editing videotapes to computers. And we know that from Grass Valley Group from up in this area. But currently, Greg is a Q... He's a QA engineer at AJA Video Systems in Grass Valley, a company specializing in technology for broadcast television and post-production. The list goes on. Greg's also the house audio engineer and sound system provider at the Miner's Foundry, which actually you probably have seen him at any show. He's actually in the back. I see him there often right here in Nevada City. So he's done a lot with sound and motion. He's um, also done sound design for actually... One thing that's close to my heart is community theater. Uh, His claim to fame in the last few months was that Sierra Stages theater production, uh, Sweeney Todd at the Nevada Theater. So welcome, Greg. Wow, that's quite a list. Indeed it is. (laughs) So when we talk about being a sage, one of the things that I think is important is to find out who the sage was when they were little. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you, Greg, as a child. Tell me a little bit about your, your life and childhood. Well, I was a total nerd, actually. Uh, <laughs> interested in everything mechanical, electrical, and electronic. Started tearing down small gasoline engines. I started a lawnmower repair business when Ooh. I was, I think, 10 or 11 years old. Wow. So, yes, I, I've, I've been very interested in anything related to science and technology at a very early age, actually. Were you uh, mowing the neighbor's lawn and you thought you would repair their lawnmower? <laughs> well, yeah, I was doing that too, but the, I was more interested in the mechanics of the engine and how mm-hmm. it worked than, than I was with actually cutting grass. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, and I think about it too. Um, was there someone that helps you learn that or did you just say, I'm going to take this apart? Um, really, a lot of it was just reading books on my own, but there was a neighbor across the street in the neighborhood I grew up in, in LA, that uh, knew how to rebuild Chevy race engines. And so I learned a lot about mechanics from him and also my uncle and my dad too. Right. Uh, So there were people in your family and even around you that, that loved to tinker with things too. So it got that curiosity sparked. Indeed. Wow. Okay. And, and I always ask this, are you an only child? Oh, no. I come from a family of seven siblings, myself <gasps> included. Wow. Yeah. Where, where are you on the lineup? Second youngest and youngest of the boys. I have uh-huh. one sister who's a year younger than me. Okay, so you're the baby boy. I am. And, and so tell us what that was like in a family. I mean, you had to be sort of a survivalist with seven siblings. 
I, I was or actually. six siblings. I, the the, uh, the older brothers got you know the uh, rock star attention at that time, and I was definitely a little bit lower down on the totem pole, as as little babies usually are. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Well, and so. Did you have, did you find you were one of the, the curious ones or were a lot of your siblings kind of into, curi- into curiosity and things like that? Not, te- not technical stuff, not no. scientific things. No, in fact, I was the one, I, I remember getting in a lot of trouble with my older brothers for taking apart their walkie-talkies Uh-oh. back in the 70s. <laughs> and the, the only difference between then and now is I can actually put it back together now, but back then it was literally destroying whatever I touched. They were like, don't come into my room. Don't take my walkie-talkies. Exactly. It was terrible. I didn't like that at all. Well, and do you, did you have, you know, I have two older sisters, so I always admired them and was a little bit of that sibling rivalry. Did you have any of that? Uh, not really. My younger sister used to terrorize me quite a bit, <laughs> and I, I couldn't retaliate or I would get in trouble because I was the boy. Right. But, uh, yeah. How that, would she, how, how would she make you crazy what would she do to you she was a hitter and a yeller oh yeah and an insulter oh dear but i loved her dearly and apparently i I have no recollection of this i was very protective of her uh, at a young age look at you unconditional (laughs) love so it all started with your lawnmowers and walkie-talkies greg and then when, I, when you come up to your teenagehoods, you know, that junior high of when you're starting to discover different things about yourselves, what, what did you discover? Were you still into that? What else developed for you? Well, yeah, in actually more than, so I went to Catholic school. So, ah. so my uh, first through eighth grade was at one school. And I became a bit obsessed with the uh, now would be considered very ancient technology uh, sound and lighting system in our school auditorium. And I would go in there on my lunch breaks and play with the stuff to the point where I finally would get kicked out. But I'd always sneak back in. So my fascination with live sound and lighting actually started uh, at a very young age. That's incredible. And they should have actually taken advantage of that and let you like do that student leading of of the sound system, but maybe not in a Catholic school. Well, they did let me run the spotlight for a, oh. a play production, and uh, I kind of messed it up because I was sitting in a chair that I started tipping back on to the <laughs> rear legs, and I actually fell <laughs> all the way backward, and the chair fell on the cord for the spotlight, and then the spotlight <laughs> dropped dark. No, it went, it went straight oh. up into the air. It was a loud <laughs> and everyone's like, what's going on? So that was your first faux pas or whatever, a tech little glitch that you had, but you continued on, it sounds like. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't let that deter me. Well, and actually, if you think about it, your, your childhood up into high school, how did you, what did you do for high school then? Because I know there was lots of video back then you could do in high school. What, where did you go there? Well, with high school, uh, there was an, I, I actually did work lights on um, one of the school plays. Oh, cool. It, it was, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, actually. And it was between two of the buildings, and it was outdoors and at night. And that's where I really learned a lot about theater lighting, even though I don't really do lighting anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I did continue in that vein somewhat. And then when the band teacher finally got uh, a budget to purchase a PA system to be used in the school gym, I was actually consulted for it, and I specced it, even though I was only a sophomore in high school. Oh, nice. They're probably still using it. I'm sure they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So, and you said L.A. somewhere. Where did you live in L.A. when you grew up? Grew up. So, I was born in Torrance, but uh, 
my family lived in Gardena, which okay. is adjacent to Torrance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I actually grew up in Gardena. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I finally moved away from there, uh, my first stop was Torrance and then Hermosa Beach. Actually, I've lived all over the South Bay area of Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Okay. Before I finally ended up in Venice Beach and then... Uh, West LA and West Hollywood before I moved here. Oh, okay. And so that part of your, that's the next chapter of your life we talk about is your adulthood. Did you go to college? Where'd you go to college? So here's the funny thing. I was supposed to go to UCLA graduating from high school, Whoa! but I was presented with an opportunity to tour with my punk rock band literally as soon as I graduated from high school. So I put those plans on hold and toured for a couple of years and recorded. And when I finally did go back to college, I, I had to you know, go to the two-year college first so I could transfer back to UCLA. And before I even got my AA in computer science, I was working full-time in post-production, and I never had to get a degree before I got these jobs related to technology. Wow. Yeah, so it just, it, it blossomed straight from there. Yeah, and, you know, I used to say, oh, I'll, I'll go back to school. I'll finish up and I'll... but. It just it never happened because I was working full time in an industry that really needed me and, and that you loved. Yeah, and that I loved. I really did. Right. Yeah. So that opportunity came to you before even having the credentials for it because you had the experience. Yeah, exactly. I, I had the basically the early days of computer based post production. You had to know broadcast video, which I did from a job I worked in Hollywood where they actually sold and integrated editing suites and broadcast trucks. Mm. So I learned a lot about broadcast video from that and uh, film as well. And then I already knew sound technology because I'd worked in recording studios and live sound. And I was already a computer nerd. And basically the current form of editing for television and film is just those three things fused together, the video and broadcast technology with sound and computers. Wow, and so there it begins. And then, I mean, I, I do want to talk a little bit about punk rock, because that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, tell us just a little bit about that part of your life. Uh, yeah, so when I got out of high school, I or before I left high school, I had met the uh, people that would be the actual kind of kind of like the Ramones of the West Coast. The oh, Bla- nice. The Descendants mm-hmm. and Black Flag. They were my second family. Wow. Starting back in high school, I had met them through my best friend in high school who actually played in The Descendants. And uh, from there, I, I hit the road and, you know, made my made my way playing drums because I, I had wanted to play drums yeah. as, as much as I loved technology, uh, even when I was a toddler. Yeah. Wow. And so that kind of brings me to... I mean, so the, all these different things brought you to where you are today. When you think back to, like, your childhood and then starting into your adulthood, was there any watershed moment for you that catapulted you forward? Or maybe it was that opportunity before even finishing college that you got this jump in into your career that you do now. Well, it was actually kind of ac- almost accidental. Mm. Uh, it, a friend of mine who's now the president, or actually the CEO of AJA, uh, he uh, was one of the first people early on in the early 90s to purchase one of these computer, early computer-based editing systems for film Mm -hmm. and recommended me as kind of a techie nerd guy that could probably actually figure out how to fix this. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the watershed moment as far as what catapulted me into my current, you know, occupation working at AJA. If that hadn't happened, I, I wouldn't be here today. Okay, and you mean here by Nevada County? 
Correct. Yeah. Okay. I, I basically I I had a job waiting for me here. Uh, my friend uh, Nick, who is president of AJA. Okay. What's his name again? Nick. N- Nick Rashby. Okay. Uh, oh, Nick Rashby. Yeah, I know we, him. we work together yeah. at uh, a place called Runway Editing uh, in Santa Monica. Ah. He was a salesperson. I was a tech, and then later on, head engineer there. And uh, when I found out he was working at AJA, I, I'd run into him at NAB in mm-hmm. Las Vegas, the big convention for all technology to do with broadcast and film and radio, and asked him about where he lived. I'd heard, you know, Grass Valley is a good place to raise a family, and I had two, well, actually, at that time, I had one little one and mm-hmm. another one on the way. And he said, yeah, you know, it's a great place, and you should come check it out. And <laughs> and a different, way different from Santa Monica. Yeah, I had no idea where this place was. I, I looked at a map when I got back from NAB, I, and I, I said, this where place is, is in the middle place? of nowhere. <laughs> I thought it was somewhere near Silicon Valley. Right. You know, I'd heard Grass Valley. I had no yeah. idea where it was. And, right. And uh, three months later, we were here. That's amazing. And you know how many people have that story, Greg? There are so many. My family, my, my own family came from L.A., Hawthorne. And moved up here. I lived in Hawthorne to Grass for Valley. A while. Yeah, I mean, it's just a common story. That was more in the early '70s, however. <laughs> but um, but it's a story that con- continues to draw people here. So, let's talk about that. You came to Nevada County. You had this great job with Nick Rashby. Tell us a little bit about how you got to be so involved with our community. I know it's very possible because I'm also involved with the community a lot. But tell us how things have developed for you. Well, it all starts with a large PA system that was <laughs> taking up all the space in my garage, uh-huh. both in West Hollywood. And when we moved here, I tried to sell my sound system before we moved. It was big, and you know, I didn't think that the moving company was going to want to mm. move all that gear. But at that time, there was no interest in LA to purchase it. it you know, it was the top of the housing market. Well, actually, it just crashed. Nobody had money, and especially clubs. Mm. And so I brought it here with me, and uh, just a couple months after I moved here, my wife Sheila saw a advertisement in the Union for the Miners Foundry 150th anniversary celebration. They're having an open house. She said, "Hey, you should go check that place out. You know, maybe they need a PA system." <laughs> and so I did. I brought uh, brought one of my kids and. Um, I walked in. It was they were almost done. There was hardly anybody there. And uh, Gretchen Bond, the executive director, had a little clipboard in her arm mm-hmm. and was taking email addresses and phone numbers and such. I walked in and I looked in the Osborne Woods Hall, which then was just the Great Hall, and I saw the old PA hanging up in there, which was you know '70s technology at the time. And I said, "Hey, it looks like you could use a new sound system." <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. Exactly. And uh, apparently after I left, she talked to one of her coworkers and said, oh, I bet that thing's just sitting in the garage and his wife wants it out of there. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Which was somewhat true. We wanted to be able to park our cars in the garage. But, uh, you know, a few months later, I brought my system in, did a show with it, and it never left after that. And was that how you also got all your connections with the Miners Cultural Founder? I mean, how did you get there yeah, from that? Yeah, that was pretty... So once you're tied in with the music scene here, right. then everything else just falls into place. And also, my wife is very prolific at being social. and She is... Yes, she is. She's wonderful. She really is. <laughs> and so between the two of us, between her and her... She's an artist. Between her and her connections to the art community 
and branching out with friends with the with the kids schools and stuff and me being at the foundry doing sound for all these it's not just bands i'm also doing uh fundraisers and you know everything from weddings to uh wakes and i I've met so many people just through that channel. I know, and, and that's one thing, you know, I want to just stop and pause and say, you're listening to KVMR 89.5 FM, and we're here at the Sages Among Us with Greg Cameron. He is a man of sound and motion, as I say, because he's everywhere. There's a community event that has sound and motion, um, whether it be community theater, um, live recordings, if you're over at the Miners Foundry Cultural Center, um, everywhere, everywhere he seems to be. So um, talking back to Greg, let's, so so talking about community and what you've done for this community and civic engagement, what kind of advice could you give someone who might be listening about how they can get involved with, you know, there's so, so many things and so many avenues with the arts up here, which is so fantastic. It brings a lot of people here. How would you, how would you tell someone how to get involved? Show up and make yourself known. Just mm -hmm. meet people. That's that's the key. I mean, even when I'm not doing uh, sound at the Foundry, I'm I'm there often. I was on the board for a while, and right. you know, just meeting people, getting your name out there, and really just being present. Right, and you know? just offering yourself. You know, sometimes people it's hard. I know some people it's hard to to sort of self pitch. But if you can say, I can help you do that, um, I think that's a great offering for most community organizations, right? Showing interest mm -hmm. um, and following up with it. I mean, I, as an example, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I want to learn live sound. Mm -hmm. I want to learn it and I want to help. And I show them the ropes. They see how much work it really is. I never see them again. You're like, they, they yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, show up, come back, and mm -hmm. just participate. There, there's so many people in this county and in our town that are willing to show people how to do things and get them involved. You just have to show up. Well, and that's one thing we were talking about, Greg, off air is that, you know, we're of a certain age uh, of maturity that we want to have the younger folks come in and learn what we have to offer. And, you know, again, just showing up and then coming back and keep coming back and keep coming right. back. Coming back mm -hmm. is the key. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, um, you have actually a lot of things going on. Tell me a little bit, like, beyond the Miners Foundry and the community theater event that you did with Sierra Stages, what other things do you get involved with for you, for, for just you? Well, If uh, you have time. <laughs> not a whole lot. Uh, but mm -hmm. Between having two kids and working a full-time job and doing Sound at the Foundry, yeah. uh, Really, That's a lot. The only thing I've done for myself is during the pandemic mm -hmm. is I bought a motorcycle. Oh, look at you. Well, after I was working from home for so long, I'm like, I need to do something not to lose my mind. Yeah. And I actually, I bought a bike and I go, I don't ride it as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. But one of my kids loves to ride. The other one refuses to get on it and has never been on a motorcycle. But I... I just like to get out and ride, feel the wind. Right. And this is such a beautiful county to do that. We have so many beautiful country roads and back roads that you can get on that are stunning right now, especially right now in the fall. Yeah. I just went for the first ride in almost two months uh, a couple <gasps> of days ago. Yeah. And, uh, the one thing, though, is that I learned that up here when it gets really hot, it's not very comfortable to ride because mm. when I was a kid, 
you know, I'd put on shorts and tennis shoes and a t-shirt and go ride the motorcycle, which is now I gear up, I have the proper riding pants with armor and an right. armored jacket and the gloves and everything. So it's actually kind of a pain in the butt. But but it's, but it's safety first, Greg. Safety first. That's right. I have a family to think about. That's right. And then I just think about like, you know, being a community member and giving back to the community so much. There's one thing that I always ask, um, what do you get back in return for your investment of the time and energy? Uh, well, I like making people happy. Uh, That's I'm, great. I'm a pleaser, which is why I was successful in the world of post-production, dealing with, you know, grumpy editors and producers and directors. You, you fix things when they're not going well, and that makes people happy. And I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. That's incredible. Um, and to be a pleaser is probably that you need to be a good listener. Yes. Well, that, that's what I used to say about, even though I was a very technical person in the film and TV industry, 50% mm -hmm. of it was technical knowledge and ability, but the other 50% was psychotherapy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, that's an industry that has a lot of passion and a lot of intricacies. <laughs> Eccentric people, I would say, right. maybe. And very low tolerance for mishaps. Oh. Hey, just as a side note, do you have any um, claim to fame on in your life? Like anything that you worked on that, that our audience might know that... Oh, movie-wise? Yeah, oh, or anything. Oh, gosh, TV shows? Yeah. Oh, uh, the list is so long. Everything from Seinfeld to Sopranos really? to movies like Man on Fire and The Insider. Yeah, I used to work for... Wow. Do stuff for Tony and Ridley Scott and Michael Mann and wow. I, I not to blow my own horn but no it's all good this is what we want well, to hear I, I had such an aptitude for the early days of computer-based film editing that I was actually like the guy in Hollywood for a while that, Wow! like um, they were having problems with editing systems on an MGM film uh, Hearts War Bruce Willis movie that oh, was yeah. shot in uh, uh, Prague actually and even though the editing systems belonged to a company out of London, the assistant editor got the vice president of MGM to fly me out there to fix the system. Jeez. <laughs> so. Very wanted. Yeah. So lots of claim to fame. That's fun. I mean, and that's, that's part of your history now. Like, that's part of who you are. And you brought, you brought it to Nevada County. That's, that's what I love about that. When we talk a little bit more about Nevada County and, like, being here... What is something that you would still like to accomplish in this area of either civic engagement or another aspect of your life? Well, as things kind of slow down as I get older. Right. We're going to um, slow down, right, Greg? I probably, <laughs> I, I've been thinking about joining maybe a couple of boards for nonprofits here. Uh, apparently, we have the highest nonprofits per capita Yes. Of any county in the state, maybe the country. I don't I know. I think it's pretty up there. Yeah, a lot of nonprofits here, but, you know, they, they need help. Yeah, and they do. Apparently, my fundraising abilities are a little better than I thought <laughs> after being Ooh, on the board of the founder. Yeah, tell us, tell us a little secret to that. Well, it, it just uh, when I was on the board of the foundry for a few years, uh, apparently I was better at raising funds than a lot of previous board members. I, I don't ah. know. Maybe so, you just had that knack of um, bringing more people to be involved. Maybe yeah, because of your sound. It could be. And <laughs> the number of people that I've met since yeah. I've lived here for the past 14 years. Yeah, it matters. 
And you have a following. I mean, I have to tell you, um, it was Greg's birthday this week, so happy birthday Ugh. to you. I know that's enough. <laughs> but um, happy birthday. And you're right. You're, you know, you're celebrating you, and I don't know how old you are, but we as a community celebrate you because, I, like I said, when I go anywhere that has something to do with music or sound, you are there. Um, and so we just, we congratulate you and thank you for being that community member. Well, thank you. I'm always surprised I'm there too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I always want to ask, do you, are you a night owl? Cause I mean, you're out, up late. Well, you know, I used to be, but now I'm, I really actually enjoy being in bed before yeah. 11, <laughs> even on a weekend night. Yep. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about. As we um, get into these, what you, our special age, our, um, what do you say, what do you see for this town? What, if I had a magic wand, what would you like to see in this community that is either stirring slowly or that's not here at all? What else could we have here for our community, do you think? Well, the, the seeds of it have always been here, right? Uh, well, mm -hmm. since I've been here anyway, the art and the music scene, I, I would just like to see more participation and more money put into it, yeah. frankly. Uh, it's amazing what people do here with shoestring budgets. Right. And It, would it just is be, amazing, actually. Yeah. It, it would just be nice to see, especially in Nevada City, more participation and more funding for the arts. And how do you think that, how can we do that? How is that possible? Because we know that there's, there's a new generation of people here. We've all noticed it. Um, we want them to be involved. We want them to participate and do, do the volunteering to get involved. How, what do you think is a, a way to do that? Well, there is a burgeoning hardcore death metal scene here and, and punk rock scene which is starting to take more shape than it has in the past 14 years that I've been here. Really? Apparently, before I got here, there was a really big scene like that. And that's what the kids are interested in. And the problem is, is there isn't the finances mm -hmm. to really make it happen. But I would love to see the younger kids have more participation in the venues here. and Because the money is with the older generation mm -hmm. that makes the big events happen but i would like to see more of the younger scene have more of a chance to to make some inroads with venues well and i think about that i have teenage um, nieces and nephews and and maybe they would like to come and see a live show um is there a way to volunteer at the miners foundry yeah the miners foundry is always looking for volunteers okay. and always uh putting it out in their newsletters uh email blasts and on their website and so if someone's interested out there that's listening, uh, just wants to percolate an idea of, of learning from this amazing sound man, Greg, and just going to a live show without having to pay. Yes, that's correct. So if there's an artist you're interested in that's coming, the Foundry always needs volunteers. And by all means, you know, come see a free show and help out. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many different uh, venues right now. It's just fun for um, from Grass Valley to Nevada City, um, all the way up to the ridge, you know, there's just always places for people to get involved. When when you look at yourself and, and being here, do you see yourself staying in Nevada County? I mean, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm also thinking, like, am I going to stay? I love this place. I actually do. You yeah. know, I never thought I would want to leave Los Angeles because I was born and raised there. And it was a bit of a shock when I first moved here because I didn't, I knew 
two people. Right, right. But now I can't really see myself leaving. <laughs> I know. And I think the, the arts are starting to really resurge and we're hearing all this great background noise of, of things percolating in our community. So it's just wonderful that you are part of that leadership and when we we're wrapping up for the show tonight, but is there anything else you want to share with the community about being a sage, as someone that has passion and knowledge and can hand it down to the next generation? Is there anything else, a word of wisdom beyond what we've talked about, Greg? Well, I may be a sage, but I'm not that wise. Um, <laughs> really, just do what you love and put it out into the community. I mm -hmm. mean, there's enough room for everybody. Right. And I feel like there are a lot of people out there that have so much talent that aren't putting it out there for people to pick up on, see, and enjoy. Right. I so agree. Well, we are almost out of time, Greg. I just want to tell you thank you so much for being here tonight. It has been a pleasure. And um, I just want to ask you, um, well, I just want to say happy birthday. Well, thank you. And thank you for being on The Sages Among Us tonight. My pleasure. <laughs> and hopefully we'll see you Friday. Um, anyway, we just want to say thank you for being here tonight and for our audience. May the audience, thank you for being here. And for Greg and other sages, thank you for making a difference in our community. And have a good night. <laughs>